My name is John Jr. Rouse, and I hope this ages well. Hey there. Welcome to I Hope This Ages Well, a podcast centered around capturing the stories of our most senior community members. I'm a stand-up comedian, so to make each episode a little fun, I'm going to be sharing jokes with the guests, and the guests will be sharing jokes with me. I'm your host, Gilberto Soto. Should we get started? Yeah, let's go. So picking up potatoes and pulling weeds, uh, that's how we earned our money for bicycles. And when we had the money, our father took us into Syracuse to the bicycle shop, and we picked out our bikes. What color was yours? Today, we talk with John, a native New Yorker, author, professor, and overall child at heart. He also happens to be my neighbor, and throughout this journey, we've become real-life friends. He often visits me and does crossword puzzles in the background while I do work. He shares with me stories about how much he loves his dad and brother and talking to people in general. He's a real people person. Now I'm glad he can share these funny stories and fond memories with you. So without further ado, please welcome John. John, you were telling me the other day about what you told your, your neighbor. I stepped out of the elevator and my neighbor was about to enter her apartment. And I said, oh, nice to see you. How are you doing? She said, good. I said, you have to be bad to be good to me. <laughs> I love that story. Why are you flirting? That's my way. You like flirting? I, I like to see how people will react to the unexpected. Oh, yeah, it's actually true. Whenever you come to my apartment, you always say something really quirky and you'd love to see my reaction you always mention something about my shoes or anything like that so you told me john that you um used to work out a lot six days a week why what does it give you what does working now give you oh because it made me a uh physical specimen my body was much admired <laughs> it was <laughs> yes i was a big muscle man <laughs> <laughs> you like being a muscle man sure <laughs> I think that's so funny, John. Um, but people comment on your on your physique? Often. What would they say? They would comment more by their look than by words. Really? They would gl- glance at my chest and you could see they were admiring my body. People look at me too sometimes, but they look more at my boyfriend than they look at me. And I'm like, hello, I'm here. Like, notice me too, but they don't. It's weird. It's okay though. Um, so tell me, John... You you write down a lot of stuff. You showed me papers and papers of like random things you would jot down. And but you also say you like to say things to see people's reactions, right? So it sounds like you like to capture moments. Yes. What moments stick out the most to you? I'm interested in people. And so moments that reveal people, reveal a person are interesting to me. John, I don't know why, but I find you so funny. I find it so charming and funny and just like, I don't know, your personality for sure. But okay, tell me, is there a moment that sticks out to you the most when you interacted with somebody that's like always just stuck with you? Whether for no rhyme or reason, just it did. No, because there's so, I've had so many incidents with people. I've had countless interactions with people. So there's no one that stands out more than others. There's so many. But you also said you're a professor. Yes. What'd you teach? 
I taught sociolinguistics at New York University, and I have te teaching. I've taught the history of the English language, writing, literature at uh, St. Peter's University in Jersey City. What attracted you to that subject to teach? Well, because I was always a reader, so I, I, I would be interested in subjects having to do with literature and reading, with language. When a student took your class, what would you want them to take away from your class? Let me uh, tell an anecdote from a class, All right. give you an idea. A student asked me, well, how old are you? And this is the class is in session, and the student asked me, how old are you? And uh, I said, I'm the youngest professor in this department. He said, he looked at me, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, said the, the others, look at what we do here. I said, we do the new things. The other professors are all doing the old stuff. They're all lecturing. And their students are sitting there waiting for the time to pass. And I said, here, we do things together. We're active. Well, we're doing the new things. We're doing the young thing here. What was the young thing? We were active. We were doing things together and being active. I was not lecturing. Got it. They it was were, interactive. They were doing the old thing. They were lecturing. The students sat there just waiting for the time to pass. In my class, we were active. We were doing things together. Got it. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like more of an interactive class. I would want to take that class because I'm an interactive learner, visual learner, and lecturing, I wouldn't be able to un sometimes understand yeah. what, like... Like, it's weird. The The professor would write things down, and I would understand each word, but I wouldn't put it together. And so it would take me a couple beats to, like... Yeah. I sometimes think that, and specifically in university, you need to diversify the way that you teach to be able to conform to all students. Not all students teach one way, but I know it's also hard on just putting that right. on one professor. But so you're, like, you're from New York, right? New York, born and bred. You stayed here all of your life. Not, I wasn't born in New York City. No, you weren't. In Syracuse, New York. In Syracuse, New York. Yes. Okay. Okay. Nice. And then what, when did you move to New York City? Oh, in the 70s. Oh, okay. How has New York changed from the 70s now? Uh, it, it, it's not New York has changed so much from my point of view, but the village has changed. Oh, cause, okay. How so? The village used to be very active. There were many artists in the area. There were neighborhood off-Broadway theaters that were close. On Saturdays, there were hundreds of gay men walking up and down Christopher <laughs> Street. You like that? That's all gone. Yeah. Well, no, there's still gay men walking around Christopher Street. Not, not hundreds not on Saturdays. <laughs> You're counting. No there, no, there are hardly any gay men walking around the streets. Artists are gone. The, the off-Broadway theaters are gone. village is much less active than it used to be. Yeah. And, but you stayed. Of course. I bought an apartment. And you're an investor. That's a good time to buy. Yes. John, good for you. Mm. Gosh, I'm, gl I'm glad you bought because then you can still be here and I can see you every day, which is nice. What made you want to buy? I had a very beautiful apartment and it was offered to me. Oh, yeah? And you could do it. Why not? Yes. Yeah. Very few places could you do that right now in the in the U.S. and get the amount of returns that you've had right. to date. Right. Um, oh, that's that's great. I'm really proud of you for that. I wish I could do that, too. You, you know what I've noticed about you? You're very quick witted. Okay. You, you, you always come back with <laughs> some qu some quick comebacks. When I asked you today, how are you? What did you say? 
I don't remember. What did I say? I'm ducking. Oh, ducky, quack, quack, yes. <laughs> That's so cute. What does that mean? Well, just what you, what you heard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm ducky is an old expression. I've never heard it. You never heard it? No. No, it's an old expression, meaning I'm okay. And you quack because of it. And I added, I'm ducky, quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name this episode, I'm ducking, quack, quack. I think that's really cute. (laughs) I also noticed you keep a really good high-protein, low-carb diet. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day, and I think the reason why is because of your big, like, bodybuilding days that you used to do. Has that just been habit? Yes. Like, what's your, do you have any, um, any, do you have a sweet tooth? Not really. No. Oh, I do. I have a big sweet tooth. I love chocolate. Well, I, I eat a Reese's peanut butter cup with lunch and another one with dinner. Oh, okay. That's that your favorite candy bar? It's not a candy bar. Reese's peanut butter cup. What, what would you consider it? A peanut butter cup. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 You're, right. You're right. It is. It is what it says in the name. It's a peanut butter cup. You know what I was thinking we could do one day? What? Is um, do a crossword puzzle together. That would be fun. I would enjoy that. But I would give you all the wrong answers. On purpose, you mean? Yeah. No. Oh, no. Okay. No, that's not. That's fooling around with you. Oh, you don't want that? No, that's not fooling around. <laughs> well, it's because I'm not very smart. You're you're really brilliant. Well, right? well, why do that and give me wrong answers? What's the point of that? Just for fun. No, that's not fun for me. No, it's not. If it was easier, if the clues were easier, that would be good. But there was one where you and I did it and you said um, the clue was, it was four down and the clue was asleep. And I had no idea. And it started with A and you automatically knew it was what? A bed. A bed. Like, who knows that? (laughs) I've never even heard of that word before. So, I mean, I knew what a bed was, but I didn't know it was a word. So I had to look it up, what it meant. And it meant asleep. (laughs) 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 But I'm like, but you, but when I explained it to you, you said the reason why is because you like words. You, it's it's what you've taught. I mean, it makes perfect sense on, on, on why it is, but they should make like, they should make a crossword puzzle that's a little bit more like in current times. Do you know what I mean? Like with current words that we use. Like how many times have you heard somebody say a bad in just like natural language? I, I, in my lifetime, I've heard it. Oh, you have? Yeah. But recently? No, no. Okay, well, no. They should have one that says like emoji or something. That way I would know what that means. But you obviously don't do, do many crossword puzzles. I don't read a lot. Yeah, the crossword puzzles draw on... Words, all all words, all kinds, all sorts of words. Any possible word imaginable has been used. You can draw on those. Yeah. How many how many years have you been doing crossword puzzles for? Not not so many. Ever since the COVID thing started, I've been doing more because my apartment used to be very busy. I used to have much company and even people staying with me. But now when I have so little human interaction, I use the puzzles to take up some time. Okay. I didn't need them before. But you you can come down here anytime, right? I understand. And I want you to. Thank you. And you have before. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. 
actually, I really enjoy your company. <laughs> I'm working in the I'm, background. I enjoy yours. And you can do your crossword puzzles. If you ever need help, you just ask me and I won't be any help. But you can ask me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's it. Um, and you do your daily walks every day. Oh, yes. I do a lot of walking. Okay. And where do you walk to? Well, I often walk to Cinderella. Oh, okay. I often walk over there and back. And want to get your daily lunch? Because they, they have items that I want to stock up on. Okay. So I, I go over there quite often. I'm going, I was, I'm going to go later today. Yeah. And um, Staples, I take the subway up to Staples, but I walk back. Staples where? On what street? That's on the, in Union Square. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, so I often ride up 7th Avenue, walk over to Union Square, and then walk home. What's in Staples? Oh, d- different office supplies I, I need, use. different things I want. Oh, okay. That's good. Back in the day, could you be openly gay saying like, oh, I'm gay? Or did you yes, have to like hide of it? Of course. You could. Well, I'm in the village where so many people were gay. Of course, why would I have to hide it? Well, I asked just because I think the village is, it sounded like a much more open place even then than what other places in the States were mm-hmm. during that time. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Why would I make a secret of it? I wasn't doing anything here that would require me to hide it or something. I love that. That makes me feel, I wish, because growing up, John, like I always thought I had to hide who I was. And so to hear that you didn't, I think it's beautiful. Well, I wasn't terribly young when I came to the city. You always lived in the village then during that time? Oh, yes. Oh, nice. I never lived anywhere else. I came into the city from Long Island. I walked along West 4th Street, and in front of my, in front of the building was a sign, apartment for rent, and I came in and looked at it and took it. I, I rented... Right away? Yeah, I rented, I rented the apartment. Oh, even then it was hard to get an apartment like that. Yeah, there was, there was a sign, not known in those days, there people, like I said, there was a sign out front, apartment for rent, so, so now you'd see those signs. Do you remember how much it was a month? No. But uh, I went in, saw it, and I took it. Right away? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a New York dream. A guy just off the subway or train comes in, sees a place, looks at it, and it's like... Yeah, I I came in from Long Island looking for a place, and I saw the walk by, saw that, and uh, took it. Nice. Yeah. Why did you want to come into the village? Do you remember? Like, did you... Have you visited the village before? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. So yeah. you knew about it. I lived on Long Island. Yeah, I, I, I lived and worked on Long Island, so I knew the village. So do you remember what your life dreams were as a child? I don't recall having dreams for myself. We, we lived in the moment, so to speak. And we lived in rural surroundings, and uh, we lived for the gratifications of the moment. It wasn't as if I had dreams of the future. Mm. I really didn't think of those things. That's actually really beautiful. My childhood was spent in a, in a very rural village, farming village. One street through it, little houses and farming, uh, farms on each side of it and houses, and one street uh, up, up to the hills and then a street along the foot of the hills. And it was, uh, as I say, a rural community. And, and I went to a 
two-room country school. The first four grades were in one room, the next four grades were in the other room. And I went to that school. <laughs> I love it. Isn't that something? That is, that's, <laughs> yeah, it seems really like, I'm sure you knew everybody then in that school. And one of the things I remember so vividly was I was always a reader. As soon as I could learn to read, I was always a reader. And I would sit there in the room, and the teacher would now start a, the, the class for my little group over here. Mm -hmm. And I would, was totally unaware of that because I was so into the, wrapped in the book. I only heard and saw what was in the book. And so somebody would have to shake me and call me and all that. They would bring me around to the group. You were literally in another world. Exactly. Everyone says that when you read. I remember my kindergarten teacher would always tell me, like, when you read, you're going to another world. And I'm like, what is she talking about? I'm right here. Well, I, I was. Yeah. Do you have any love stories that you want to share? What came to my mind immediately uh, was a fellow named David Hopkins. And uh, he was sent to me by Tom Lespino, who ran a modeling agency. And Tom used to send his, some of his models to me, different ones, who needed counseling okay. for one reason or another. And, uh, and David was an exceptionally handsome person. He was a little more than six feet tall, and, uh, exceptionally good-looking, uh, uh, exceptional body, a beautiful body. He wasn't a big, broad muscle man. Yeah. He was just a beautiful young man. <clears throat> and... Um, he sent me David, and uh, David came to stay with me. And uh, as you know, I've got two bedrooms, and so I put David, I, I have the big bedroom of the bath, and I put him in the other bedroom. And the first night, David, as, as we were going to bed, David got up from the small bedroom. He came into the big bedroom and got into bed with me. Scandalous. <laughs> John! <laughs> 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 he wasn't ready to do a lot, but he wanted—he <laughs> he, he wanted the closeness. All right. And it turned out, and we we had quite an affair, but it turned out he was bisexual, so he always had a woman too. Ah, which was yeah. kind of unfortunate. John, did you ever want children? I, no, I never felt I wanted no. children. No. That's good to know early on. Yeah, I never felt that. Um, I, I've always loved children. Yeah. And to this day, I, I look at them in the street and all that, and in a sense, I wish I had a child, so to speak, but as a youngster and all that, I, I was never interested. In. John, tell me a time where you got in trouble as a child. I, I, I never got into any real serious trouble. I never stole things or anything like that, you know. So I never got into any real serious trouble. And um, at school, I remember I went to this two-room country school, and no one there would bother me or whatever, because if anyone bothered me or my brother Henry, he was a year younger than me, but he was bigger than me, more muscular. He had a, I had a very scrawny, thin build. Yeah. He was built the mesomorphic type, I was called with the ectomorphic type. 
You know, you know, you know those terms? No. Ectomorphic is slender and thin. Mesomorphic is m- the more muscular type, more solid type. We, we were very close. And in our two-room country school, no one would ever bother either one of us because if anyone bothered us, we'd both go after them. (laughs) 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 So they knew better to bother us. Both would, they'd be dealing with two two people right away. So no no one ever bothered us. Wow. So did you ever have to beat anybody up? No, 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 no one, no. I don't recall particular occasions, but... I, I can remember vaguely there were times when there were threats and whatnot, and, but people always backed off when they saw that there were the two of us. We never had we never had a problem. Okay, so you you, you said you like to um, write a lot of stories, or you 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 like to do observations of people, right? Um, and so you would write down certain observations that you had interactions with. Do you want to share any? Let me tell you something that's on my mind. Okay. As I told you, we lived in this country village south of Syracuse where there's just one road going up. And uh, you could sit on our front steps and look a mile as far as you could see down a field. Okay, so that's how rural it was. And I, as a child, I, I, I was different because I would sit on the front stoop looking down the fields, far as we can see, and I would be wearing a dress. I had, a, as a child, I had a collection of dresses. I didn't know if that, I didn't know if I was queer. I mean, we didn't know about those things, you yeah. know what I mean? But I would have a collection of dresses, and I'd put on a dress. I'd sit on the front stoop looking down that field and thinking to myself, people going by, I wonder who's that woman visiting the Rouses. because even that day even as a child I sensed a difference in me sexually without knowing or understanding at all what it was about are you happy you grew up gay? I'm not happy or unhappy it's just that's life well it sounds like you accepted it Yeah. do you have any wild nights in New York City? no I I used to go out almost every night to one of the gay bars. What was the famous gay bar? There was one uptown on Third Avenue. Uh, I can't think of the name of it now. And he built, uh, he put in another bar right down here on Sixth Avenue. Uh, I think it was Sixth Avenue with the same name, Sports Club or something. Do you, do you happen to know these? No. These no. were very, these were two very popular gay bars. Yeah. And, I, and I would, I went to the one uptown. For a long time, and then they opened the one down here, same same guy. So I went to the one down here, and uh, every night I would go. When I was in my those younger days, I was in my forties and so on. And there, I always looked younger than my age, and I, and, and I would go out and many, many, many nights I would bring home a boy. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, often, often I would bring home a boy. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, I may have a record. I, I'd have you to, kept a record? I may have a record. Of, you kept a record? Uh, names of boys. You need to share that record with me. I'm going to look. I'll look, okay. I'll look to see. But uh, every night or every other night, I'd have a boy. Because in those days, there were plenty, many, many gay boys in many gay bars. You know, in this area, in the village, and 
It's just up there on Third Avenue, which is a well-known one. And often I would bring home a boy, many, many times. Yeah, even though I wasn't terribly young at that time, I always looked younger than I was. Of course, I was I was an expert pool player on the pool table, and someone found that impressive, you know. <laughs> you're just like you're just a, a muscle guy going and playing pool, picking up all these men. That's right. Every I, night. Yeah, they weren't men really; they were boys. But what do you consider a boy? Of course, I was older than yeah. I, I always so like, like in I, their twenties. Like I, yeah, yeah. Like I say, I always looked younger than I oh, was. So you like the younger kind? Yeah, but I always wanted younger guys. I didn't want people my boys, men my age. <laughs> I always wanted boys, and I got many, many boys. Well, I mean, I have this this player as my neighbor. I didn't know this. Oh really? You <laughs> in the small town where we lived. My father, as you went up to the street, you came to the hills, and then a road ran along the foot of the hills. And as you, you, when you came up there, there was a grocery store there, the foot of the hills, and, and the street ran down to the south along the foot of the hills. And right there, several houses down, lived my grandfather and my grandmother, my father's father and his mother lived there, okay? And the Methodist church was right there, and they also went to that church. And we would go visit them. My father didn't care much for his own father, but he certainly loved his mother. She apparently was a wonderful woman. And when she died, they found under her pillow pieces of candy she had to give to, to us children when we came to visit. Oh, that's cute. Oh, God, yes. That's cute. Oh, God, yeah, I never forget, never forgotten that, how, how they f- found the candy under the pillow. Yeah, because every time we came, she'd give us something, and they found it there. Tom, that's beautiful. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah she was a lovely, smart woman. She'd, she'd been a country school teacher. <laughs> John, so did you write down any jokes you want to share? I, I wasn't big on jokes. I don't know about jokes. Remember, when I was a kid, there was no television. We had radios. That was it. So we didn't hear jokes. We didn't see skits on television and all that stuff. We, we didn't see comedians and whatnot. So there wasn't a lot of joking. Got it. What was your favorite concert? Do you have like a favorite concert or band or show that you went and saw? I never did. Occasionally, I was always interested in the opera. Well, I remember uh, I came into the city to, once to go to the Metropolitan Opera. Dijkstegermaus was playing, and of course, that was a light opera I knew so well. It's amazing. Do you have like a favorite memory of growing up with your brother? Uh, well, I've got a memory. So one is I told you. Um, uh, it's funny the things you remember and think about. So I told you no one would pick on either one of us yeah. because we would both get them. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember one time my brother was sitting on his bicycle there at the school. I was staying there with him, and he was arguing with some guy, and I thought they were getting a little too close, and I reached out. I thought my brother was going to hit him or start something, so I started out to stop him, and he got extremely angry at me because... I was holding him so the other guy could hit him, he claimed. He was angry at you because you thought you were holding him so the well, other guy could really hit him? Well, he really knew better, but he, that's what he accused me of, see. 
because I was hold I was holding him back, so the other guy could hit him. I was holding. Oh him. no! Oh, it's funny. You you know it's, it's a minor little minor thing, but this is kind of thing that sticks in my mind. Why did it stick to your mind? Because uh, he he and I were so close. Yeah. You know, and so he was angry with me. It sounds like you guys were like this, like two brothers just taking over New York City wherever you'd go. Oh, we were so close, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, before I forget, uh, out back of the two-room country school, there was a ball field, and the boys would play softball or baseball there on that field. And Henry and others would always get mad at me because I was so nearsighted when I was at bat, I never could see the ball till it was pa- past me. <laughs> I was extremely nearsighted as a youngster. <laughs> and when I was in the Army, uh, uh, sometimes you'd have to put on the gas mask during the training. I had to take off the glasses to put on the gas mask. And one time the sergeant was giving me orders and telling me something, but I didn't know it. I couldn't see because I didn't have my glasses on. I couldn't see him. He got really angry at me <laughs> because... I wasn't doing what he told me. <laughs> John, like hearing you talk about your brother the way that you do, one, makes me miss my brothers because I love them so much. And two, it makes me want to make sure I keep a close relationship with oh, them. Oh, do, do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I loved my brother. We were good to each other. We were a pair. And in his old age, he, up there in Clayton, New York, he had a, uh, he had a home. He built it on the St. Lawrence River along there. He built a very... A mansion. He had built a very unusual and fancy home. It wasn't wood either. It was stone and whatnot. It was with a big foyer and lobby. A big, beautiful home. It was so unusual. And uh, I, I would spend time with him there. My brother and I, we told our father we wanted a bicycle. He said, that's good. You ought to have a bicycle. How are you going to earn the money for it? <laughs> <laughs> and we went to work for the local farmer to get a bicycle yes to get a and I worked it was summertime our, our work was pulling mustard weed out of the alfalfa field and remember they had huge fields a half a mile long or so wide and you start at one end walk back and forth across the alfalfa field pulling out the mustard weed and you get an armful and you'd put the pile of mustard weed off to the side. And we, and we would do that, and the farmer would pay us by the hour or what. He would pay us. In the fall, when they harvested potato, the machine would go down the rows of potatoes, turning up the ground so that the potatoes were on the surface. And we would go along behind it with other people. And, uh, so in the, we'd go along behind the machine, and the machine could go fast enough so there'd be other people there, too. And we'd have crates, and we'd pick up potatoes and leave crates full of potatoes along the way. And the truck would come and pick up the crates of potatoes that we'd picked up off the ground. So picking up potatoes and pulling weeds, uh, that's how we earned our money for bicycles. And when we had the money, our father took us into Syracuse to the bicycle shop, and we picked out our bikes. What color was yours? I think it was blue. Henry had a I, Henry had a speedo kind of thing, as I as I remember a name. It had a red uh, under the bar going between the seat and the 
in the, between the seat and the handlebars, there was bars under there, you know what I mean? And, and there was a, a container between the two bars, between the seat and the handlebars, and his. Mine was plainer and, and blue, and his was red. And uh, well, we both had bicycles. I'm going to call my brothers now because of this. <laughs> so thanks for reminding me that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was a good one. Do you want to tell me the story of your dad? Oh, it's remarkable. Tell me. When he was about 16, his father said to him, I've taken care of you all your life. Now it's time you take care of yourself. And so my father went to work uh, for the county road crew, working along the roads. But he didn't like that much. So Saturday nights, he would go to the local hotel. In those days, every village had a hotel. And there, Tully, uh, Tully, which is a town we all knew so well, that if you went from our rural to the village, Preble, to Syracuse, you'd go to Tully, and then further, quite a ways to 20 miles further around would be Syracuse. And so father, he didn't like the word crew, so said, uh, Saturday nights he would go to Tully to the local hotel and play poker. And there he managed to get the innkeeper's daughter pregnant. She was 15. Scandalous. He was 16 or 17. And that was your mom and dad. She was 16 when I was born. Of course, we didn't know that for years. She was a very, very good-looking woman. Other men were much attracted to her. Well, it sounds like you and your mom had something in common. You uh, just had a lot of attraction for men. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thanks, John. Isn't that great? John really has a special place in my heart. And I hope that now he has a special place in yours. Thank you for listening. And as I'm trying to grow this channel, if you leave reviews, share with your friends, family, subscribe so you can get weekly updates, I'd really appreciate that. And I have a bonus clip this episode, because the first time I asked John to help me with sound check, he shared a story with me about his brother that is both heartwarming and hilarious I was able to capture. I hope this ages well. Until next time. Thinking of something when you're talking about being depressed. Okay. One thing I think about on occasion is my brother, who was a year younger than I am, and how much I miss him even now. Okay. He, he uh, went into the construction business with my father, and he died. Uh, he, he died of a, some kind of cancer, which I assume was caused by pollutants he pro probably breathed in when he was doing construction work, I would assume. But he was very, very good to me. Yeah. He was a year younger than I was. When we grew up in a rural village, in northern New York, uh, we, as children, young boys, we slept in the same bed. There was an outdoor toilet, so at night if we had to go, we were supposed to go out in the wintertime and go through the yard to the outdoor toilet. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we wouldn't. We would piss out the window, which made a stain down the side of the house. <laughs> but our father, overlooked that. He didn't punish us, he overlooked that. My father's attitude was boys will be boys. <laughs>